Welcome to the Foundations podcast series, where we build our present on the foundations of the future. On each episode, we'll feature either an educational, tactical guide or a special guest whose story will help pave the way to a stronger foundation in life, business, and beyond. This show is sponsored by the SalesCast community, a place where entrepreneurs and sales leaders build revenue-first podcasts. Join the community for free at salescast.community. Today, I'm speaking with Christian Leffer. He's a nonprofit expert and trainer, the founder of instantnonprofit.com, a trainer for 501c3 executives, a multi-million dollar professional fundraiser and copywriter, a board member and volunteer. His big bet is that social enterprise founders are the superheroes of a new era. Personal values now tower over classic norms as the new basis for identity and behavior. Welcome to the convergence of cause and commerce. I'm so excited for this episode today. Christian, how are you? Excellent, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, let's dig into the why. Like, why does somebody start a 501c3? Why? That is the key question in life, isn't it? And when it comes to a 501c3, it often taps into this sort of hero's journey, this hero story that exists in all humans. And um, most people have a, a situation that they encountered in their childhood, maybe, uh, that they experienced or their friend experienced that they witnessed. And that just a little seed is planted and often unnoticed in that person. And then later in life, uh, there's a call to adventure as they call it in the hero's journey. And that call to adventure is, you know, finally they're confronted with that issue and they say, darn it, I'm finally going to address this and I'm going to change this for not only myself, maybe they found healing for themselves, but they're, I'm going to solve this problem for everyone and create a better world. And isn't that really what we all want to do at our core, no matter what we're doing in a cubicle or in the field with a shovel or what have you. So at our core, it's it's what we're really wired to do. But I, I had a chance to speak with you offline and, and you shared some really specific stories of you know what led what led people to to start these organizations. So I'm I'm wondering if you could share a couple of those. Absolutely. And if you don't mind, I'll just start with my own story because when I was eight years old, uh, my mom called me in the house after a trip to the doctor with my little sister. And she explained that the reason my sister, who was almost four at that time, wasn't speaking yet is that she never really would. She wasn't going to turn out like all the other kids. She was special and uh, she was mentally retarded, as it was called back then, or now developmentally disabled. And she's still nonverbal. She's a great human who's taught me to be a much better human. Um, But my sister, Monique, and that story uh, didn't affect me too much then. I was like, okay, mom, you know, great. She's fine with me. Went back out to play with my friends. But years later, when I went to start a nonprofit and I found out that it's, you know, as opposed to it being really easy to start a used car lot and or whatever else people want to do. And I support people being able to do what they want to do. This is America. But if you want to start a nonprofit and make a difference in the world, I became morally outraged when I learned how difficult it was, how many pitfalls and how long it would take. And that often if you spend thousands with an attorney, they might make a mistake that costs months or or even years in delay in that process. So um, 
I started this company out of moral outrage. And that was my why. That was one of my hero's journey sort of inflection points. Uh, I also think of one of our first customers when I had no idea really what I was doing, but I had sort of cracked the code on how to get a fast IRS approval and make this much less painful for people. Um, Gentleman uh, Lamont uh, drove a garbage truck and uh, lived in Washington, D.C. And it was really funny. He had watched some of my videos, which now I look and I just cringe at my hair, my shirt, my presentation, the whole bit. But he's like, hey, man, he, he like he knows me, you know, hey, man, I watched all your videos and I need to start a nonprofit because these kids are getting caught up in drugs and getting shot up in my neighborhood. And he was literally pulling the money out of his pocket to help these kids. Well, of course he had an origin story where he had to navigate all of those issues and, and, you know, get a job and, and all of those things in a community that it was pretty challenging to do so. And, you know, you've got, that's on one end of the spectrum where somebody's just doing the right thing, even though it costs them all the way to, you know, uh, we've started nonprofits for uh, a couple of exited tech entrepreneurs, right? Millions in play. And they've worked their whole life to build this kitty. But when you have your, your kids' colleges paid for and you have a decent car and you have all of those things, they really don't bring meaning and purpose to your life. And often people who have plenty for themselves, their family, and maybe even their immediate community say, how can I make a bigger difference and impact the world? And I love those too, because they are able to take leverage that success and the networks that they have and the money that they have and that they have access to and really create big change. But to me, you know, I call the nonprofit the quantum the nonprofit the quantum entity. Because to me, the impact in one is the same importance and the same equation as the impact to thousands. Because no matter what level you're operating at. We have this need in our hearts to make things better for others uh, in the way that often we have to solve problems for ourselves to start. And then we want to share that. And I just think that's so beautiful. Wow. Two very different kind of stories that you illustrated there, but a heart in the same place of, of wanting to help and give back. And for those that are listening, you know, that, that pain and from from early on in in childhood can actually become a foundation for something much better in the future. So if you're currently going through something, just know that it could it could end up being a huge blessing. If and and if you've already gone through something, and let's say you've sold your company and you're sitting on millions of dollars, and and uh, you've got the house, you've got the car, your kid's college is paid for, you're kind of wondering what's next in your life. Well, the secret is to kind of give back. Uh, as Tony Robbins says, the secret to living is giving. It's not just a cliche. It's the truth. We're here with Christian Leffer, the founder of Instant Nonprofit. Christian, I, I'm wondering if you could explain a little bit more about what is a nonprofit, like what is a 501c3 I personally have a limited understanding of like what exactly this legal protection is and how when I have one of these ideas, it's something that I need to do. Is that, is that a fair question? Totally fair. Uh, I like to, I, I, I'm trying to drag the nonprofit the, the concept into the 21st century, you know, and it's kicking and screaming a little bit. The nonprofit sector is not known for cutting edge business tactics, although there are incredible nonprofits that do have very forward-leaning, um, lean 
you've heard of lean startup, right? Mm -hmm. Getting out there and doing things, testing, pivoting, iterating from there. That is a great concept that we're trying to imbue nonprofits with. Um, Connecting people in a much more uh, visceral way through the internet with the impact of their donations is something we're trying to help bring from the corporate world, from the entrepreneur space into the nonprofit space. Um, because no longer can you just put a doggy and a kitty on an envelope and send out some you know, snail mail and mm-hmm. get donations. People want to know what's, what's it being used for, the efficiency and all that stuff. But that is getting a little bit into the weeds. Let me answer your question. A 501c3 is generically used as the same term as nonprofit. But to break it down, a nonprofit in almost every state some states call it a non-stock corporation or public benefit corporation, but generally a nonprofit corporation is formed in your state. It's the, it's just another entity type alongside of maybe a C corp, which is a corporation that has shares or an LLC, which is a simpler type of entity, uh, limited liability company. These are all entity types and nonprofit is really just another business type. The product is different. The sources of revenue might be different, but ultimately it's a business entity that's formed at the state level. You get an EIN, of course, the tax ID number of kind of it's the social security number of the baby that you're birthing. That's the nonprofit. But that is not truly what 501c3 tax exempt means. What you do is you then apply to the IRS for a tax status that is contained in what Congress deemed in its, you know, voluminous uh, text section 501c3 of the Internal Revenue Code, which carves out this special kind of organization purpose toward educational, scientific, religious, uh, community uh, building, community building, uh, relieving suffering for animals, children, etc. Those general charitable purposes that you would consider nonprofit purposes. So what you're doing is you're getting a tax status bestowed on that nonprofit at the state level. That is a federal tax status. What that does is it has two primary, uh, you know, I think these two qualities are above all others when people consider why would, why would they start a 501c3? One is they're exempt from federal income tax. So you've heard of these endowments, right? At Harvard, they're piling up billions of dollars. They, then they build buildings with the billions. Um, or do big projects, a nonprofit being non-taxable, right, at the federal level, allows you to raise money and not be taxed on that income, and then even roll money over from year to year for things like capital projects without being taxed on that as year-end profits. Um, now, most nonprofits don't roll a lot of money over. They're, get, they're spending everything they can and more on programs, on serving people. But if you did want to build a building, because the big vision is to be able to, as I just interviewed one of my first customers ever, a college student from Nigeria, started a nonprofit at 21, went back in 2014 when I was just experimenting with this idea. And she has now raised money, built a building and put thousands of kids in Lagos, Nigeria who are poor and enabled them to go out and enter the workforce. Um, So these are examples. She was able to stack up some cash in the nonprofit entity without being taxed on it. Um, the other quality, that's the first quality, is non, no income tax at the federal level. Uh, the second is tax deductibility for donations. So 
say you, uh, Chris, I know you're just, you're just piling up cash yourself. Maybe you make $164,872, which is roughly about where taxes, income, personal income taxes go from 32, I believe it is 32% to 38%, right? A 6% jump. Well, multiply 6% times that it's probably about $10,000. So if you're just over that line and you want to reduce your personal tax liability, you could donate $2,000 to any one of the nonprofits that I'm happy to give you the names of. You could donate 2000 and reduce your tax liability by 10, right? So sometimes people strategically use donating to a nonprofit to reduce their personal tax liability. Now, some people aren't that strategic and they just want to give money away. But either way, they're not paying tax on the money that they give away up to about 30% of their personal income tax or their personal income. There is There are limits, but you can give a pretty vast amount of your, uh, and I'd have to check on that percentage. You, you'd have to give away quite a bit of money to hit that limit, but you're reducing your taxable exposure on your adjusted gross income. And so that's a great reason that people want to give. But the third and much softer than those two hard rules is that it's a sense, there's a sense of legitimacy to a 501c3 nonprofit that people want. They go, okay, somebody went through a serious process, put this through the IRS, and they are a tax deductible nonprofit. So that's kind of a safe place to give my money versus, hi, I'm Joe, and I'd like you to give me $1,000 to feed hungry kids today. That's probably not going to be successful. Awesome. Awesome. You know, and just reading up a little bit more about you, um, you said that you empower others to be the change they want to see at instant nonprofit. Um, and and th- this concept of, of, of change and, and you're, you're describing, you know, a, a couple of people that you've helped do this. Um, but what changes in their life once they once they like go legit, they have the, the, the state status, they have the, the federal status, like it is out there. I mean, I, I'm curious to, to hear about some of the transformations you've witnessed and, and just kind of the impact that the organizations have had, but also how the individuals, you know, possibly flourishes or, or changes too. Absolutely. Well, so there's the extrinsic value and the intrinsic value, right? The extrinsic value is many, many of our customers want to do something that is this sort of purpose in their heart and leave their full-time job to do so. But they just don't know how to make that transition. Uh, They don't even realize often that they can get paid and they can literally just cut a paycheck from their nonprofit to, to, you know, the nonprofit can cut a paycheck to them just like any other job to do their dream job. And when, when that light bulb co- comes on, it's huge. And many people think, you know, there's there's a myth out there that that's a conflict of interest. Well, I, I'm the founder. I'm on the board. I can't possibly collect a paycheck, can I? And the answer is, in most cases, you are absolutely the one who should get paid to do this work. You had the vision and you had the chutzpah to get the organization off the ground. And you're going to be the one to rally others around, whether that's donors, board members, volunteers, paid staff. So of course, it's perfectly fine for someone to be paid to run the nonprofit that they conceived. You simply have to abide by the very simple conflict of interest policy 
that if you're a customer of instantonprofit.com, we will provide you. As a matter of fact, there isn't anything we don't provide uh, for you in this endeavor. We have a done-for-you 501c3 service. Now, that's the extrinsic, right? And it's one of many. You can you can get paid um, and you can go out into your community and represent this thing that's really important to you and build community around that and all those things that are external to you. There's the intrinsic as well, though, and that is what I really love is to see the transformation in people as they, just like any entrepreneurial venture, as they grow, as they run into challenges and overcome those challenges, there is a level of spiritual, emotional uh, and skill set maturity that develops in someone that totally, that just lights my fuse. I mean, that is what gets me out of bed in the morning is watching people transform by rolling up their sleeves and doing the work of transforming others in the world and how transformative that is on them. Wow. Both those extrinsic and intrinsic changes, uh, I mean, are, are pretty monumental because from the extrinsic, what you're saying is as this business generates income, you yourself as the person who had the vision and who is the most sort of, you know, the person who should be executing on this, you'll get paid. Like you should get paid. You absolutely should get paid to do this. And that has a, that has an impact on your income. But intrinsically, what happens if you're literally getting paid to do what is like such a deep passion and it's impacting others, um, there's like a personal change that happens. And I mean, and there's a transformation that happens. So this is, this is really beautiful work. Um, so where do you, where do you go from here as, as the founder of this? Like what's, what's your vision for the next step? in, in your own company's growth and, you know, how many people do you want to impact? I mean, have you, have you thought about, you know, what is your future state that you're building the foundation to right now? Yes. Well, these business businesses like this, whether it's for profit or nonprofit come from a place deep in the heart. And as I described, one of those triggers for me, one of those, the, the impetus came from this experience with my little sister. Um, but as, as adults and as, as people who are um, out to, to create and, and sometimes, you know, you stumble over the things that really sort of trip your trigger, float your boat, whatever, whatever you want to call that. And mine is, um, you know, building these uh, sustainable communities of very connected people, conscious people breaking into, right, go, who go through this transformation and have this commonality because of that and want to get together to, to give back. Right. And so I've got, we've got some projects that we're helping people start that are like international, sustainable, conscious living communities. Um, that is really exciting to me as a, as a person. Right. So what we're able to do as we grow, this is absolutely do. I want to help every little league, every PTA, every local neighborhood organization. Yes. Like I said, those are just as important, but as we develop our, our, our team and our skill sets and sort of point this rocket in a direction. Um, I think it's really great to have a North star. And so the opportunity to serve at a higher level and do uh, training on fundraising, uh, leverage my Rolodex and, and our company's connections to help people find the right legal resources for these for-profit, nonprofit uh, synergistic ventures that they often have. Uh, is super important. And that's a big area 
um, where people have a company or they've just started yet another company and they want that company to be able to provide funding to a nonprofit. Is it okay for them to work side by side? Absolutely. Another misperception that that could be a conflict of interest. You just have to set these things up right. So we take these promising ventures we help them get off the ground. We introduce them to our legal counsel partners who are excellent at 501c3 and corporate law, and they know how to set up those guidelines between the two entities so that they can really flourish and really support each other. Uh, and the other side of, of this is, so that's sort of the structural um, legal side. Fundraising is something that is super like near and dear to my heart. I used to get on planes in a cheap suit, uh, and, and fly around the country with a PowerPoint, I worked for a nonprofit. I didn't know what I was getting into when I signed up to work for them. And they said, here's, you're going to learn this ridiculously long PowerPoint and you're going to put on a suit and get on planes and go to really cold places like Michigan, the upper peninsula in the winter. So I'm being passed by snowmobiles, right? On the way to one of my first appointments. And I sit down with literally like Mon Pa Kettle uh, they've got a fire going. They give me some tea and I am so nervous because it's one of the first times I'm asking for, I forget what it was, four or five figures. And so I, I did my presentation and I had learned a key of fundraising. Now there's a few key principles and one of them, one of them is to make the ask and then just shut up. And, and I did that. And there was a long, uncomfortable silence. Um, and I came away with a, a check of a size that I, I couldn't believe. And this was the second or third time this had happened, but it was just so transformative to me, both in appreciation of our country, of what the blessings that we have, the finance, the financial resources that even just regular folks have uh, to give. And the, pack, the fact that my showing up there turned this into a gift for a nonprofit that wouldn't have existed if I hadn't done that. And I was just blown away. Uh, I often tell this similar story when I went to Wyoming and you know, raised $10,000 on my very first visit ever. And I mean, they put, it was 20, it felt like hours. It was like 15 minutes of torture as I just smiled. And the gentleman went through one checkbook and then another, and then called the credit card company, called his wife into the room. And I'm just having to sit there with the butterflies going crazy. And again, such generosity from such amazing people because I stepped out and really delivered something probably pretty poorly. And they honored that and blessed that with a big fat five figure check changed my life. Wow. What a story. Well, let's take a, let's take a little bit of a U-turn here. You know, let's learn a little bit more about Christian, you know, what are your hobbies? What do you do? And uh, where does your sense of humor come from? I think my sense of humor, well, I grew up in North Jersey right? About 34 miles out of Manhattan. And when you grow up out East, um, there is a sense of like the pace of life, right? Everything's happening, bada bing, you know? Um, and, and, you know, some people make, make a little fun of Jersey or they've seen, you know, a show like Jersey shore or something, which is probably a little dated at this point. But, um, what's awesome about people from New Jersey is that everybody's like, who the heck is this guy? You know, when you meet someone, it's like, they have a standoffish attitude, but if you break through and become friends with that person, which, you know, it's kind of a hard exterior, soft interior, like a, an M&M, um, you're friends for life, right? You've got your people and there's a lot of, uh, you know, 
what you, what, ball busting or whatever you want, whatever the term is. That's a very Jersey term. But uh, there's a lot of kidding around and, and needling and stuff. And so there's a little bit of a pace to the humor as well. And so I think I picked up a lot of that uh, vibe from from New Jersey. And I've learned to take it a little easy on people because, you know, you can't bust like that to a Minnesotan. But, you know, also it's a little harder to break through to that soft interior with somebody from the Midwest. You know, sometimes you feel like I'm just not really getting to know this person deeply. Where in New Jersey, it's like they go from like, who the heck is this guy to this is my boy, you know, I'll kill for him. And and the camaraderie and the and the enjoyment that that people have is is uh it's, there's a little bit of a different quality to it on the east coast and i love the get it done attitude that comes with it um you know wherever i go in the, in the country it's like what's the problem what's the hold up give me the phone who do we need to talk to you know let's let's get this going <laughs> and so it's really a lot of fun and um you know there's uh whenever whenever you get that vibe you know and i'm, I'm in denver colorado little bit more of a light work-life balance out in Jersey. You know, I might drop that at 60 of a heart attack with two beamers in the driveway and a lot of bills. So I'm happy to be here. But when you run into somebody else from the East coast, you just pick up that cadence and it's like, Hey, where are you from? You know, what exit? Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's take the next exit and uh, get off this stream here. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Foundation's podcast. Christian, um, any kind of closing thoughts, any sort of like just moments from what we discussed that, you know, just just hit you? I mean, I think that the number one thing here is that everyone has been are, are the things that we moor our identity to in the world. We're already a little bit in question. People are a little more skeptical, to say the least, of government. So the the, the distrust in social media and and corporate in general is is was was already you know emerging. Uh, people don't associate so much with where they come from or their alma mater. You know, uh, alumni associations are struggling. There's a lot of tumult on the seas of life with identity because people just aren't sure how important it is to attach themselves to things that your dad did or your grandfather did. And so they're looking to define their identity in a new way. And I believe, as you mentioned, with the cause and uh, the, the convergence of cause and commerce, as I call it, people are having to spend more time and willingly spending more time looking into their own values. What makes me, me? And then how can I live more closely to those values? And I think that is driving people to just say, you know what? I'm out. Look at the great resignation with the pressure of the pandemic. They're like, this doesn't match my values. I'm missing out on life and I want to go live closer to my values. And that is driving people to solve problems for themselves and others and try to restore community in a world that feels wildly disconnected. The forces are like we're in a centrifuge being driven away from each other by algorithms and Zoom and all the other stuff. And people are really searching and yearning for how to rebuild that community. And they are doing it by creating nonprofits and helping others. And I just think that's a good result of something that has been extremely challenging and stressful for everyone. Look, the the reason why I invited Christian onto this podcast is because he really does have the simplest solution that I've ever seen to starting a nonprofit at instantnonprofit.com. 
You can start your 501c3 application. You can get expert assistance and literally a hassle-free IRS approval. I mean, it really is just a click the button and then it just kind of starts happening experience. So instantnonprofit.com, highly, highly, highly recommend. Where else can people find you, Christian? They can find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn is a big one. And we're, we're kind of just getting going on Insta and all the other stuff. But uh, it's really important that people are able to get tons of information from our blog, everything from how to raise money, because it's not just about start your nonprofit. You have to then grow it and then you have to sustain it and make sure that it's going to, you know, the, if, if the cause can outlive you, you're going to, you're going to leave a great legacy in this world. So it's start, grow, sustain, and you can go to our blog at instantonprofit.com search any topic. And there's probably an article that's going to help you. We also have a free boot camp, and everyone who goes to instantonprofit.com slash podcast fan can sign up for our boot camp free. And we're just going to go through with all of the things that you need to do to start a nonprofit. And you can learn a little bit about how to come up with a great, compelling, magnetic mission statement, how to come up with a great name that will outlast you know, your thoughts this week and kind of work long-term and all of the other things that people see as barriers, like recruiting board members, raising money. It's all in there. It's free. And we would love to provide anyone who's even marginally interested today or sometime in the future uh, who's listening uh, with everything that, that they could need to assess whether this is right for them at this time. And certainly if anyone they know wants help starting a nonprofit, sign up, book a call, and we can help you decide if this is the right move for you. Thanks for tuning in to the Foundations podcast series. Please leave us a review and subscribe. Want to reach out to me? Just find me on LinkedIn in the show notes below, and I'd be happy to talk.